Blog Talk Radio. Down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little the Roman Show with your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of the Roman Show. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman, and on the other end, the one, the only, Mr. George Alonzo, the host of Wrestle City Radio. George, let's talk about that briefly. Because everybody remembers Reality Check Radio, then it turned to Wrestle City Radio. Just give us a quick summary about how this all happened. First and foremost, as a fellow host of The Roman Show that I'm currently on, where I'm currently lending you my time, you accidentally made my introduction wrong. It's dashing. George Alonso for all the ladies out there and sir yes I am enjoying a vanilla latte margarita today so thank you very much for asking so going on to Russell City Radio uh, you know being a business guy uh, Mr. Roman you you have to understand when you're out there you're out there against the world you know you have many many you know names out there to to go against and you always want to stand out you know you always want to be that one person or that one thing or that one show that stands out when you google it you know, and Reality Check Radio is one of those things that when you looked it up, you would find maybe 10 results, 15 results. We weren't the only ones. So we decided, let's brand ourselves. Let's make us that one show. And that's where Russell City Radio came out. And if you Google it, Google it it's probably the only one. Interesting enough. So Russell City Radio, formerly known as Reality Check Radio, is now on the airwaves of the Roman Show here on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, and uh, and iTunes as well. So check out George and uh, his staff taking uh, a look at the independent pro wrestling and so much more. You can check it out every single Monday here on the Roman Show Network. Well, before we get things started here, I want to give a shout out to Fire and Ice Chiral Therapy. Check them out. It's owned and run by... Uh, UFC fighter Hector Lombard. They're located in Davie and in Coconut Creek. Fireandice.com. Check them out. Also, for the best massages in town, you need to go to Massages and Space. 
You can get more information by visiting massagesinspace.com. I personally go there myself. I love it. George, when was the last time you had a massage? Not in a long time. I am actually due for one. Well, the next time you do, you make sure that you head out to Massages in Space located in Miami. That's massagesinspace.com. And before and during and after your workout, make sure you rub some Aslan Rub. Check them out, aslanrub.com. Send us an email, info at theromanshow.com, and we will send you a free sample on us. That's info at theromanshow.com. And now we've been getting a lot of voicemail from you guys. We'll play one out in just a few we had a comment, George, from our Teddy Long interview. This gentleman left us a, a, a voice message on our our line here, and we'll play that out. Let's hear let's hear his take on his opinion about Teddy Long's interview, which we had at the FEW event, as he spoke about Vince McMahon paving the way for African Americans, and of course him being inducted in the Hall of Fame. Here's a voice message. I just saw interviews with Teddy Long online, um, both regarding African Americans and wrestling. But the thing I would say is, you know, wrestling business is, is for everybody, black, white, foreigners, you know. The way I see it, yeah, I agree with Teddy. You know, we've seen the world champions in the business. They're like Ron Simmons in 92, WCW. Booker T, WCW, as far as being world champion, a major company. Um, our truth, you know, Ron Killings, and, you know, old TNA, NWA, you were the top champion. You had, um, I got Lashley, TNA, down four time, TNA champion. And he had Jay Lethal, who was reigning Arnold champion for a long time. So we have many black champions in wrestling, and there'll be more in the future. It's like there'll always be white champions and foreign champions. You know, so just like in the NBA, you know, maybe, maybe say there's a decline in white players. You know, would there be a top white player in the NBA again? I say, yeah, they work hard if they um, be, be more committed, like the black players. I think it will. You know, they will always exist, you know, in the business. You know, All right, there you go, guys. Just like him, you can go and share your opinions and suggestions. Give us a call at 786-942-9424 and leave your message. Or you can shoot us an email. We'll read that suggestion or opinion here in the air. Info at theromanshow.com. And make sure to follow us, of course, on Twitter. That's at The Roman Show. Roman Show Media, both on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rromano201. And now, before we get things started, it's that time. It's that time, George. It's time to open the Dashing Ones inbox. got mail. All right, so you 
been, I've had, you know, people text me and message me on my personal Facebook and say, George, why are always your, your advices rated R? Why, why can you ever be nice? You know what? I'm trying, guys. It's hard, especially when you're so dashing like I am. It's kind of hard just not to, you know, put up with it. You know, it's not my fault. I was prettier. I was born more dashing than you. But listen. I'm going to try to be nice. I'm going to try to be nice with this. So let's go ahead to this email. I got this email from Ryan coming from Kentucky. And he just asked a very simple question. I I think it's a joke, but, (laughs) you know, to each his own. I, I just, I like interacting with you guys too. He says, Mr. George, what's your favorite flavor of pie? <laughs> Is that really a decent question? My favorite flavor, my friend, is of course Poo-Tang Pie. But, but, you know, in this case, because I'm trying to remain G, you can go have some apple pie while I'm enjoying some real life pie. That is all. And there you have it. That's the Dashing One's inbox. Send us an email, info at theromanshow.com. And George will give you his personal take on your advice. Okay, let's get things started with the segment, which now belongs now to the Roman show, Reality Check. And now it's time to give you a reality check. All right, George, well, the biggest news over the weekend was the debut of the Hardys in Ring of Honor. Not only did they debut, but they also won the tag team titles. They took it away from the Young Bucks. Of course, they were leading all the headlines. Many people thought they were heading to the WWE, but they surprised us Saturday night when they appeared at Ring of Honor. But not only the Hardys, Bubba Ray Dudley as well also made an appearance, and he has also signed with Ring of Honor. George... This is a this is huge for ROH because many people will look at the Hardys and Bubba Ray Dudley and say, "Oh, you know, those guys are washed up." But that's not necessarily true. Both these guys have recreated their character, and there is a lot of interest for these guys. Both the Hardys and Bubba Ray Dudley they keep evolutionizing their characters, their persona, and as wrestlers. Well, ever since they turned into the Broken Hardys, the the uh the requests, or should I say the popularity of the Hardys, went double. You know, it's not like they weren't popular before, but now they're even more. And that was based on actually Matt Hardy's idea of the broken Matt Hardy, which was phenomenal because I I spoke this like maybe a month or two ago uh, on your show when I said, you know, Matt Hardy finally broke into his own by creating Broken Matt. So, and now Jeff is now, the, for once, the person behind everything. Because it used to be, you know, Jeff and then Matt. Now it's Matt and Jeff. So it, it, it's phenomenal. But, you know, going into the whole Ring of Honor thing, you know, Matt Hardy is no stranger to ROH. He's had a run when he was normal with ROH before. So that's not an issue. And then on top of that, winning the ROH Tag Team Championships by surprise at Manhattan Mayhem was possibly the biggest surprise 
ever in ROH history because this was a situation where they weren't supposed to fight the Young Bucks until the Super Card of Honor. So, like, a lot of rumors are now circulating, Mr. Roman, that the Hardys have only signed for one month with ROH. So could possibly Super Card of Honor be the last time we see the Hardys in ROH? Hmm. So you're saying maybe they, I don't know, they lose a the title at ROH, and then the next day maybe possibly re-debut in WWE? Listen, if there's one thing Matt Hardy is very famous of is playing mind games. And right now, he's currently, like I said, one half of the ROH Tag Team Champions. And just this past Monday, he tweeted out, no, I'm sorry, this past Sunday, he tweeted out to Gallows and Anderson yep. saying that he sees the gold that they both are carrying. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, it's it's a lot to play with, you know? It's kind of like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Huh, very interesting. We definitely got to keep an eye on that because who knows what these guys are capable of doing. But whatever they're doing, it's definitely working because it keeps us to it. And can you imagine? Of course, it's not going to... Well, no, it could happen. Can you imagine if the Hardys were to walk in in Orlando at WrestleMania and you have 75,000, 80,000, whatever it is, People screaming out, chanting, delete, delete, delete. How cool would that be? That that would be amazing. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to be the biggest audience to ever be screaming, delete, delete, delete. Uh, so time will tell. But a lot of people are still, even though they signed with ROH, a lot of people are going into WrestleMania praying that that happens. So only time can tell. Or we're going to have to wait for Monday Night Raw. As you know, a lot of surprises happened to Nate the night after month of their uh, WrestleMania. So we'll keep our eye on that. Okay, Ryback was on his... Because, you know, nowadays everybody has a podcast. Including Ryback. Heck, even Raven has a podcast now. Heck, even, you know, your, your next-door neighbor probably has a, a podcast. But either way, Ryback has a podcast. And he was uh, giving his opinion on professional wrestlers and being in shape. So, Ryback... I'm not saying that he's not healthy. Of course, he looks healthy, but... Remember, looks can be deceiving because we don't know what's going in that body. So even though he looks outside physically as a as a this genetic freak, this specimen, does not necessarily mean that in another couple of you know twenty thirty years he'll be fine. Because if you use illegal substances, of course, over the time being, it does have an impact on your heart or any other part of your organ. So. Guys, if you if the guy looks great, he looks in, in physical shape, and uh, he looks just a little bit, uh, you know, something out of the movies. That's not necessarily true. But anyways, he goes on and take on Kevin Owens, talking about his stamina. Now, Kevin Owens, of course, he does not look like he's in shape. Let's be honest, he does not look like he's in shape. He doesn't look like quote unquote the the professional wrestler. He does not. However, he can withstand. A long match. He doesn't blow up. Another perfect example is Mick Foley. That guy could wrestle for a long time. He didn't have any six-pack. He didn't have any bulging biceps. But the guy kept going and going and going. Georgia, is it is it necessary to look the part? I mean, Kevin Owens did a great job as a champion. Uh, he delivered well. He spoke well. And, of course, he's an incredible wrestler. Of course, he had the job and lose the title for you know to Goldberg to set up the whole WrestleMania thing. But... Is it necessary to have that perfect wrestler's body? Uh, well, to be honest with you, you do need to look the part, especially if you're the champion. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, disagree there and and all, and all that stuff. 
But here's the thing, Mr. Roman. Um, you, uh, there's a lot of people that stick to the times of when, you know, a wrestler, when they were champion or even hired by the WWE, you needed to look big. You know, like the Hulk Hogan's, the Macho Man's, the Hercules, the, the Rybacks, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Ryback, excuse me, I'm still fighting a cold. Uh, Ryback is one of those guys that would remember, you know, will go back to the old days and say, what happened to those? Guys, wrestling has evolved. It's no longer, hey, I have six-pack, I have the biggest arms in the world, I have this, I have that. It's about, can you work? You know, can, can you be a wrestler? Can you entertain the crowd? The crowd does not care if you have a, a six-pack or if you have freaking uh, a big belly. Nowadays, people what have they done? like the wrecking ball, Spencer, uh, who just had a WWE tryout, all the way to Congo Kong, who, who are the biggest athletes right now in the world of professional wrestling, they're not sporting a six-pack, but goddammit, are the fans entertained. So trust me when I say is no longer about the, oh, six-pack and I got this, I got that. It's about, you know, having, being able to entertain. And that, that's it. Well, <laughs> Ryback is definitely taking a stab at these guys for not looking the part. But you're right. You don't necessarily have to have the look. If you can continue on. And listen, there's a lot of guys out there. You know, on a personal level, I've met a lot of these guys that are in the gym. They're huge. I mean, they're, they they look like big dudes, and they look like they eat a whole bunch of burgers, and they don't take care of themselves, but, man, they can go. So looks could be deceiving. So in a way, Ryback does have a point, but at another part, again, you don't have to have the physical specimen that Ryback has to be at the top. Kevin Owens did a phenomenal job, but, George, one thing that he does say is, so... I can be out of shape, you know, be fat, have a belly, and still make it to the WWE. So his rhetorical answer is, well, that's not necessarily true. If you're in the indies, it doesn't mean that you have to look like this jobber. You should take care of your body, and you should take care of yourself. And you know what? I'm actually going to have to agree with Ryback on that. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it kind of resembles what we talked about when we talk about USC a lot. You know, are you are you gonna go? Look, a person could be, you know, heavy, or should I say, a little chubby, like Kevin Owens or Congo Cons and all that stuff. But they still keep their themselves with enough, you know, enthusiasm, enough uh, self cardio for they could last per se. But another thing is saying, hey, I'm going into this match and I haven't even trained. So if you're one of those people that go into a wrestling match and you're chubby, fat, heavy, whatever you are, and you don't train and you blow up, then you don't belong, okay? But if you're one of those guys like Kevin Owens, who's still a little heavy, who's still a little chubby, or the Congo Cons or the, the Wrecking Balls or, or you know, the, the Hit Squad and, and the list goes on and on, if you're one of those people that... Yes, you could look a little heavy, but you still train to make sure you give the fans a full match, which still counts as taking care of your body, Mr. Roman. Mm -hmm. Then I say you belong. Agreed. Okay, switching gears. CM Punk. CM Punk, that's what you heard last night or at Monday Night Raw while Stephanie McMahon during the whole segment of 
the women's uh, title uh, segment with Bailey and Sasha Banks and Charlotte. But Stephanie McMahon actually talked back to the fans, calling the uh, fans at the arena, calling them losers just like CM Punk. George, is it just a matter of time that we're going to see CM Punk inside a WWE ring? I mean, look, they might not like each other, but there's one thing that really brings them into the middle or, or to an agreement, and that is both can make money out of each other. Yeah, but uh, apparently CM Punk is not looking at it like that because he has too much pride. But uh, the thing is this. The fans are not losers. You know, that was just your typical, hey, I'm a bad guy. You know, I'm going to get my heat. But was she lying about CM Punk? No. <laughs> so I'm, there, you, there you go. I, that, needless to say, she wasn't lying about Punk. Now, but I do have to say this one thing about the whole CM Punk chants and, and et cetera, et cetera. Those chants need to stop because it's not just disrespectful to the show, but it's disrespectful to the guys who are busting their butts in that ring to make sure you're leaving entertained. That Imagine if you were at a baseball game and you were the pitcher and your last name was Alvarez and instead of chanting for your name, Jesco Alvarez, they start chanting for a guy who's retired. Would you enjoy that? No. It, Same thing for basketball. Same thing for football. It, it, would you want that to happen to you? No. Yeah, it, it, it is pretty shameful. I have to agree. They do have to stop. But you know, people want CM Punk, man. They, they really like him. I don't know what it is, but they like the guy. And uh, in this generation... You know, he is the top dog. You know, he is the one that people want. On a personal level, in my opinion, to be honest, George, I mean, he's good, he's great, but he's not, he's not the rock. You know, he's not, he's not a stone cold, in my opinion. He's not. But he's good, you know, and I think that if he were to come back, he definitely will have, uh, I mean, the money is just going to be out the roof. But, but here's the thing. He used to call himself the best in the world, mm. and he was, okay? He was the best in the world, but he's no longer. And on top of that, let me just say for the record, to me, CM Punk, yes, is one of the best, but he's no Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm -hmm. So if you really want me to put who label someone who's the best in the world... Let's look at the Shinsuke Nakamura's. Let's look at the AJ Styles, mm -hmm. which just was said the other day on a Lillian Garcia interview where she quoted AJ Styles saying that he was very thankful and blessed to be working with John Cena in his first year uh, into the WWE, and he thanked John Cena for teaching him so much during that program. That is a humble individual. Since when have we ever heard stories of CM Punk doing the same? That's not, <laughs> you're not going to get that out of CM Punk. But, but you know, see, see, speaking of CM Punk, let's say we don't get him in the WWE, but one group has said that they're missing one member, and that is the Bullet Club in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They said that they would welcome CM Punk. What do you think of the chances of that? Um, at this point, it, it's, 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 it's everyone's ballgame. You know, it's it's a big toss-up. And as a matter of fact, Eric Bischoff even went as far as saying, hey, he should go. You know, it, 
this will be a better opportunity for him. It'll be more money. It'll be like everything all together. So I feel like this could be a shot for CM Punk to come back to the wrestling world because how many times have I vouched Roman here on the show that CM Punk should leave the MMA world and come back to wrestling? I think this is that one opportunity. Agree. I, I totally agree. All right, guys. Well, you want to go ahead and give us an opinion or, uh, or any suggestions about what we spoke about during our segment of Reality Check. Send us an email, info at theromanshow.com. And now, on this episode, we're going to give you a double dose of interviews. We're going to start off, of course, ladies first. None other was the exclamation point Kennedy, who will be in action at the Shine card this weekend in Tampa. She will be up first followed by the most hated man in Mexico, and I'm not talking about Donald Trump, the President of the United States, I'm talking about Sam Adonis, who is making huge waves in Mexico and in CMLL. Coming up next, Kennedy and Sam Adonis on The Roman Show, and you can check both of these two in action during the WrestleMania weekend in Orlando. Welcome everyone to the Roman Show. This weekend, make sure to grab your tickets if you're in the area at the Orpheum Live because Shine 41 will take place. But if you're not in in Florida, you can check it out on flowslam.tv. And uh, it's a great event, and this young lady will be a part of the fight card, or the match card, uh, Kennedy, who will be teaming up to go up for the tag titles. Uh, it's, it's definitely a, a big deal. It's a great opportunity, a great match. A great card. Kennedy, welcome so much on the, to the Taking Time and Speak to us here on The Roman Show. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. And I don't mean to correct you already, but uh, the show's not in Orlando. It's in uh, Tampa, Ybor City uh, area. So just want to just make sure you know that and everyone else knows that at this point. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. I know you guys are always talking, but yes, it is the Tampa. You're right. That's where I'm alive uh, in Tampa, so if you're in the Tampa area, although if you're in Orlando, it's just about 40 minutes, so it's not that much of a drive, and I know that the wrestling fans are always right. traveling uh, on the I-4 to check out all the shows, but um, you will be teaming up with Vanessa. I-4. <laughs> yeah, not too long ago, I remember, they had like this big uh, accident, and the thing was like huge, a while ago, I can't remember, but they're always working on that thing, so either way, let's talk some pro wrestling, you'll be teaming up with Vanessa. Uh, alongside you'll have their Amber O'Neill, who you usually team up with, but she's a little injured. And then you'll be going up against Santana and Chelsea Green for the tag titles. So how, how do you plan on working here with Vanessa since Amber is injured? She's on the on the on the on the bench for now. How do you? What do we expect from this match coming up? Right. Well, uh, me and Amber, we've had the opportunity to go for the tag titles uh, at least once at this point. Um, in a triple threat, it was last time a triple threat tag match, and you know we uh, we didn't lose technically speaking because neither one of us got in. I don't think uh, so at this point. So we still have the opportunity, which is great this coming time, and it's good for it to be Vanessa Craven as my partner. If anyone else could be, that's who I wanted to be. Uh, I've never actually wrestled her one on one either. So uh, we were with her in any capacity at this point is going to be great. And then hoping it's a uh, good good charm for us and, and we have 
tag gold for C4. And hey, just to let you know, I'm driving when I'm doing this podcast, so you never know what I might be saying as people are going in my lane on, you know, <laughs> coming in my lane, she was on the freaking phone, and no wonder her headlight is out, no wonder there's a problem with the front of her car. Freaking, freaking minivan pissing me off. Currently driving right now to Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment or for our show tonight for, um, so uh, that's why I am driving and doing this at the same time. So there's that. Well, you're you're a multitasker. <laughs> Good thing you're driving in that area, though. If you were to if you were to drive down here in Miami, you'd probably have to wear a bulletproof vest. So, thankfully you're up there. Trust me, guys. We we just actually had someone. No lie, we just actually had someone this past week that they had road rage, and the guy got out of the car and he shot him in the face. No lie. Holy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So trust me, you're, I, I'd rather you I'd rather you drive in that area than down here. But um, let's talk yeah, about. So you have an interesting story. Um, you know, you started off being a pro now for some time, but in Shine, you've worked your way up. You know, you were working up, um, opening uh, the show. You know, with the opening cards, the opening matches for the the cards, and then little by little, you've been working yourself your way up. And now you're part of this big stable, C4. What can you tell us about this journey? Shine has always been somewhere that I wanted to work as soon as I found out about it. I started my career in Maryland, um, and even before I moved to Florida, uh, I knew that Shine was somewhere I wanted to be. And so, to, I worked a few sparkle matches. It wasn't just one and done, you know what I mean? So, um, but the fact that I, I helped put up the ring, I helped tear it down multiple times and, you know, still contribute when I can, um, it, it's a place that I feel proud to work and I'm, I'm proud to be. Um, so, now to be fighting and in there for championship gold, it just makes it that much more special for me rather than uh, something that just happens out of nowhere type thing, you know what I mean? So it's something I appreciate. And not only, of course, you've worked with Shine, but you've worked with numerous other promotions, including with the Ring of Honor, with the whole Women of Honor uh, uh, part of it, which is, is great. And in fact, I was just watching one of your matches the other day that uh, you tweeted out. Um, when you were down here in Fort Lauderdale, I believe it was in uh, last fall, in 2016. Um, so, but as far as getting into the wrestling and the wrestling world, uh, you have a very interesting story. But before uh, the, the the interview, we were talking about Andrea, how she uh, got involved with pro wrestling and helped her out with all the, the weight loss. But you have a similar story to that. and he helped me a lot with my weight loss and helped me 
helped me with my initial bumps uh, up in Maryland in 2009. So um, it's been a crazy, crazy journey for me physically, um, but mentally also from where I've come from to where I am today. It's kind of insane. Now, one of the great uh, opportunities you have, you have working with guys like the Dudley Boys over there at the 3D Academy, which have produced some great talent. How is it working with those guys, and how how are they as trainers? Are uh, especially Bubba. I get this 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 feeling that he's a he's he's a tough tough trainer. He is. Uh, what you see is what you get with Bubba. A lot of people are like, oh, "What is he really like?" You know, what do you stop jingling? What do you stop jingling? Sorry, <laughs> I had someone in my back seat. They keep jingling. They're driving me freaking <laughs> insane with jingling. Stop. Stop. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have road rage, I swear, but it's like a cat with a freaking little bell. <laughs> anyway, um, both is what you see is what you get as far as people are what they really like. Because it can come off as intimidating, it can come off as a you know, hard ass or whatever, but that's who he is. And he's going to tell you like it is, too. They're, uh, they're Both Bubba and Devon are very, very honest. If something sucks, they're going to tell you it's and they're not gonna, you know, if you want sugar coated, they say go to the Dunkin' Donuts down the street. You know what I mean? And uh, that comes with also our strength and uh, conditioning coach Dan Carr, who is the originator of the American Gladiators. Um, so not only are we getting the physical training in the ring and the conditioning in the ring and the psychology of the two of the best minds that have ever made it in professional wrestling, you are also uh, getting the athleticism and uh, athletic training that not going to get much other, and many other wrestling no. you know, from, from Dan Carter. Think like CrossFit, except I believe much safer. Mm-hmm. Um, we all we all have the motto of we're at D3 Academy and we're strong as the longest. We're strong, but we don't get blown up. We don't we don't get tired. We keep going, and that's when it counts the most when you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 minutes in a match, um, but you're still able to protect yourself, protect your opponent, and keep on going. And one thing, you know, we, you know, I've covered uh, sports and combat sports for so long, uh, and I, you know, I've covered a lot of MMA, especially women's MMA, which I find more exciting than men's, believe it or not, because for some reason the women always just have a stellar fight. You know, they they never just go out there, have a three rounds or five rounds, and just go through the motions. But especially now with women's wrestling, I've seen this transition that the, the wrestling has gotten so much better compared, to, obviously, to what it was back then. It was more entertainment, but... What do you think that you credit to all of this, to how women's wrestling has been evolving? For example, last night at Fastlane, you had Charlotte and Bailey. You know, they were part one of the, the last matches in the in the pay per view card. But the 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 amount of work, the the type of wrestling has gotten so much better with women's wrestling. And now, for at last, you know, the fans are appreciating and respecting the women, and just instead of just having women coming out there in bra and panties as they used to. A lot of it has to do, to be honest, with the success of Ronda Rousey when um, she started really getting buzzed. Um, because then companies such as, well, such as the WWE actually said, hey, look, a woman that's drawing money in this way, because I think maybe society was like, oh, we don't want to see women fighting or competing in this way. Um, and then when she suddenly just drew so much attention, it made people realize that, hey, women are not, can, can draw money in this way, too. They're not just a sex object, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So WWE is giving the opportunity for now women to do the same thing and showcase their athleticism. I think that trickles down to absolutely all facets of, of course, the 
Rousey was one of the catalysts that has gotten uh, this women's revolution going. And with that, have you seen more females, young ladies walk into the 3D Academy that want to become pro wrestlers? You know, when you think of MMA, you you got young girls that are walking in there as young as maybe four years old and they're training. What's the youngest female lady that you have seen walk into a 3D Academy and say, I want to be a pro wrestler? Um, uh, well, yeah, the longest we allow is 18 at this point. Um, but I'll, I can definitely tell you that there's been an increase over the past few years. Um, I got there two years ago, and there was only two or three other girls, and now we have upwards of 10, 11 girls. So we, we're, we're, we, we, sometimes we have taken over on days where wow. uh, we have more girls training during the day than, than the guys. So there's definitely been an increase uh, with women at our school, and I can tell you that I'm sure that has a lot to do with the fact that they're highlighted more than more on, on television. Um, and things like that. And of course, you know, of course you have total divas, things like that. You have uh, people coming in that are interested in that respect. Like, oh, I can do this because I saw on total divas. But of course, you know, whoever really wants it will, for what it is, which is hard athletic uh, competition, is going to, it's going to stay. So. Do, you, do you think, and I hope, just like Ronda Rousey main event at a pay-per-view, or two pay-per-views actually, do you think we'll get to see the day when two female wrestlers will main event or WrestleMania? I sure hope so. That would be incredible. I mean, they've already main event in pay-per-view. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about the bottom line is, is, the, is the money there. That's what it is. So, if people care enough and they're invested enough and there's enough money to make that happen, then I don't see why not. Yeah, well, Charlie claims to be the, uh, the queen of pay-per-views right now, right? Well, obviously WrestleMania, we're talking about WWE, WrestleMania is around the corner, but aside from the big show on Sunday, there's a whole bunch of indie shows. What do you have on your agenda? Where can people check you out that weekend when they're in town in Orlando, aside from March 10th, when you will be in Tampa for the big tag team match? But where can people find you that weekend? follow you on Twitter at Lady K Brink. Again, you'll be in action March 10th. You can check that out flowslam.tv or go to Tampa the Orpheum Live for Shine 41 as she teams up with Vanessa Craven on the side. Amber O'Neill against Santana and Chelsea Green 
for the tag titles of Shine. Hanny, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you in action this weekend. And, of course, during the WrestleMania weekend and all those other events that you got uh, on your agenda coming up. Thank you very much. Don't forget April 1st, also Queen's the Combat on that Saturday as well, I have to mention. You got it. Thanks so very much for your time, and we look to seeing you in action this weekend on uh, FlowSlam.tv. Welcome back, everyone, to the Roman Show. Of course, we're getting ready for WrestleMania weekend in Orlando. So those folks down here in South Florida making their way up north to the 407. Everybody's pumped. There's a whole bunch of events. We talked to JB Cool last week who, ta- who told us that FEW is going to have several events during that weekend, one of them having the Yin Yang Twins. But while this man right here on the line, Sam Adonis, is going to be part of one of those events of FEW, the Saturday before WrestleMania. But... Not only will he be part of that great event, but he's also the most hated man in Mexico. How, how does that make you feel? I came across an article that said, for a magazine, they tied you the most hated man in, in Mexico. Uh, Sam? I absolutely love every minute of it. Um, uh, I don't know how much you know about me, but I've been pretty much brought up in professional wrestling. And that being said, you know, I've really appreciated what a true-to-life heel is. And I eat it up every day. It seems like now the art of being a heel and being hated has almost disappeared. People like to go out and, and be a, a Rob Van Dam style heel where they talk crap, but they back it up. So they're not hated. I like the 70s style heel, a Terry Funk or, or a, you know, a, a really vicious heel that the people just cannot stand to watch or cannot stand to be around. But in turn ends up you know, making money and selling tickets. So right now I'm in a very good place about all this. Yeah, no, no thought. You definitely have a long history with, with, with. Let's talk about that because you you started off very young here. Uh, your dad used to organize some events, and of course your brother Corey Graves in the WWE. He's a commentator and also part of the NXT. Uh, you also wrestled for uh, FCW back then when now converted to NXT. But when when did you know that you wanted to truly become a, a pro wrestler? Of course, you were born around it. But when did you decide? Hey, you know this this is for me. I'm going to take this thing professionally. It's literally been in my head as long as I can remember. Uh, it was never a decision. It was never something I thought about. I just knew I was going to be a pro wrestler. That's just, okay, yeah, when I wrestle. It's not if I wrestle or what I want to be when I grow up. It's when I'm a wrestler, I'm going to do this. When I'm a wrestler, I'm going to do this, which is really cool. And uh, I've actually really had a really a lucky situation. And having my dad around these shows and, and traveling with my brother as a kid, I was able to learn every aspect of wrestling at a lot young age. Before I was in the ring, I was, you know, studying everything I could, whether it would be, you know, videos or just asking questions, hearing stories. And I always wanted to be a part of it. I'd build the ring, you know, I would sell the tickets, I would put the posters out, not because my trainer told me I'm supposed to, but because I wanted to do whatever I could to be a part of the show. And because of that, I've really reaped the long-term benefits because I've had an appreciation and a knowledge of wrestling that a lot of people don't have. And because of that, I've had my success all around the world. And Sam, so tell me in the dinner table back then, I mean, was that the main topic, wrestling, when you guys got together and ate a meal saying Thanksgiving or the holidays? You always talked wrestling? Let's put it this way. My mom knows more about pro wrestling than most 
modern day pro wrestlers do. <laughs> I mean, it would be just it, whether it was you know talking at the dinner table or you know my mom and sister would be painting each other's nails while we're watching wrestling or you know I used to have some insane Christmas list. Hey mom, I need you know. Uh, the New Japan Tokyo Dome show from 1992 on DVD, please. And my parents were always awesome about finding the right people to get this stuff. So again, my mom knows it all. My dad knows it all. My brother, I mean, he throws out his references enough on Monday Night Raw that his knowledge really stands for itself. But re- it, it has been the wrestling, the wrestling family, and you know, and like I said, because of that, you know, me and my brother have been able to benefit. You know, I, I've spoken to several folks that have been born into a wrestling family, like the the Guerreros. I remember speaking to Chavo Guerrero. He said that, you know, here in, in the United States, your typical kid after school will probably go hit the uh, the basketball courts and play some basketball or go to the diamond and play some baseball. Uh, for him, it was go to the backyard and wrestle in the wrestling ring. Was that something for something for you? Did, did you do that or did you do other sports after high school or after uh, middle school? In high school, I was super lucky because my dad and, and everything worked out to the point where the indie promotion he ran in Pittsburgh, we had our own little wrestling training school where my brother was the trainer. So literally every day after school, I would go to the ring. And my brother would have an organized class maybe two or three days a week, but I just wanted to be there. You know, whether it, it was almost my the extension of my room. You know, I didn't want to be in the house, so I'd go to the wrestling ring. And I had all my, my wrestling videos there. And, you know, it could have been freezing cold on some December afternoon. And I'd be in there with a furnace heater burning, watching some NWA from the 70s or something. So it really was. It's, you know, anybody that knew knows me and was there for all that, they can all attest, you know, for the passion and the, the hard work that's been put in. So it definitely is it's something more than, you know, your average person gets to enjoy. So... You mentioned you would watch New Japan Pro Wrestling back in the day. Would you, did you also watch CMLL or AAA back then as well, and, and the Puerto Rican? Of uh, course, movie? of course. I remember when we, when I was four years old, uh, AAA had their American pay per view when Worlds Collide, uh-huh. and that blew my mind because it was you know I was a four year old kid from Pittsburgh. You know, remember this, and. It kind of opened my eyes to see, wow, there's something else out there than WWF and WCW. And I remember seeing, like, oh my gosh, this changed my life. And from then on, I wanted to, you know, I studied the magazines. I'd buy any tapes I could. And, you know, realistically, at at six or seven years old, you know, I I would probably go as far to say as I was the only seven-year-old in the United States watching New Japan or FMW at the time. Yeah. That, that's really incredible. And now you find yourself as a top heel of Mexico walking in Arena Mexico, which uh, for those that have not been there, it's uh, it's the Mecca. No, it's like uh, the, the mosque of the, the the cathedral of pro wrestling in Mexico. The cathedral, that's exactly what they call it there, the cathedral of Lucha Libre. Yeah, and it's incredible. They got like a mausoleum when you walk inside of the Blue Demon, uh, all these great, uh, sing, um, uh, so many famous names. Mil Mascaras is on there. Um, and... It's 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 like uh, so much uh, history and, and tradition that lives there. How was it wrestling in that arena? I mean, you just you just gave it all the hype it needed. You know, it's exactly how you think it would be. So much so that my first night in, I, I was wrestling Atlantis, and I reared back and I chopped Atlantis as hard as I could. And for the first time in my wrestling career, 
I was conscious of, of the circumstances of what was happening in that ring. I was, I was, I like, you know, almost had an out of body experience thinking, oh my God, I just chopped Atlantis here on a Friday night in Arena, Mexico in the main event in my first match. You know, and it kind of hit me and it was like, wow, you know, this is cool. So, you know, you know how wrestling is. There's plenty of people that are unhappy at all, any given time at some people's success. But, you know, I, I think the people that know me really well would really be able to sit back and, and say that I've earned it, that I've worked for it. You know, I, I'd like to think nobody thinks I've taken any handouts because, you know, everything I've done, I've worked for. I, you know, I, I've earned it. I went for it. And, you know, that being said, I'm super proud and super happy to be able to wrestle in Arena Mexico every, you know, every time I have a show. Now, Sam, of course, you had that pretty boy gimmick going on, and then you flipped it and, and brought this idea of doing the pro-Trump gimmick. But one thing that just really caught to me, I, I started to laugh, but it just shows how much heat you have. It's when, um, shocker, they were doing a promo, and he threw an F-bomb. It just shows how much he has hatred to your gimmick. I don't know if you came across that promo. Oh, I've seen it, but it's, uh, it's <laughs> me and Shocker actually had a pretty good uh, feud when I first came in because I, I told him in all the newspapers, I said, watch out, old man, I'm the new Guapo in CMLL. <laughs> and that, that really, you know, all the papers, everybody, I thought it was going to end up leading to a mask versus mask match, but it ended up teaming me with Shocker a little bit. So it's pretty cool, though, because, like, I mean, if you're a fan of Lucha Libre, you know what these names mean. You know, you know what it means to be in there with Soccer or Atlantis, you know, or Ultimo Guerrero. You know, it, for me, it's just surreal. And the thing that I pride myself on is the fact that CMLL has such a ridiculously high standard of wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they hold a higher standard for actual in-ring ability than WWE probably does. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. because of well, because of that, I feel like you know, it, it's something that's. You know, it reflects well on my brother for training me, and I think it reflects my hard work that I put in. But just knowing that I'm, you know, still in the midst of things, I'm very proud to know that I am there, and you know, with some of the best professional wrestlers on earth. Now, I noticed that there was some you, you were doing some training over there in Mexico. How how different is the training over there, that lucha style, compared to the ones they have here in the state, where they just it's just pro wrestling? You know, where there's that lucha libre, the high flying. How different is it? Well. Lucha Libre is actually the number two sport in Mexico behind soccer. Mm-hmm. And because of that, CMLL being the oldest, and, and uh, it's debatable the biggest, yep. but they hold themselves at a standard, you know, that's you know, second to none. They want, to, they want their wrestlers to be regarded as professional athletes and regarded as, you know, equivalent, if not more athletic than some of these football players, these soccer players. So... Because of that, you know, our training regimen is absolutely insane. They want to make sure that they can break anybody. You know, anybody that comes in off the street says, hey, yeah, I could be a wrestler. They want to make sure, you know, that you can't. And because of that, you know, I would hold our training regimen every Wednesday, the pro class that I do uh, with a lot of the other pros. uh, I would hold that against any other professional sport on the planet, one practice. One thing that that, that really just is like, wow, you know, some of the, the, the luchadors, you know, they, they don't have that cut up, the six-pack and all of that stuff. But these guys are the most athletic guys. They move quickly. They're doing crazy stunts. And, and it, do you think it's just due, due to all the training, the hard work, rigorous training that they do in this type of uh, sport over there in, in Mexico because of that? Uh, that's probably 
really the only thing that would make any sense. But to this day, I just still can't believe some of the things I see. Mm -hmm. I mean, for I'm sure you remember enough of the guys or you know enough of them. I mean, some of them are just straight up fat. Yeah. And they can go out there and flip around and nip up and, you know, they move better than Rey Mysterio did in 97, and they're 52 years old, hung over on a bottle of tequila. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. I remember seeing Super Crazy. Super Crazy has to be, what, late 40s, early 50s? That guy's moving around. He's like a cat. And he's, he's still, still going. They're all like that. I mean, it, it's absurd. And my favorite thing is doing some of these independent shows in Mexico because there's always a local crew you see. And I love seeing some old guy come in that's kind of fat, and you can just tell. You're like... I bet this dude can go. And then, you know, I always kind of peek my eye through the curtain to see what I can. And next thing you know, he's just doing everything possible, flips and, you know, just owning the audience. And to me, I, I think that's it's almost a bit more impressive than it is seeing some guy with abs doing it because you expect that guy to do it. Yeah, you know, it's... if you're 5'10 with abs, you should be able to do a backflip. But if you're, you know, fat as can be, it's a bit more exciting in my eyes. And one thing I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, in Mexico, when you see a pro wrestler, it's not the, you know, it's not like a groupie. It's more like of a respect when they see you out on the street. Um, how are the fans there compared to here to the states? How do they treat the wrestlers? It's it's just absurd. It's again, like I said, we're regarded as athletes, not wrestlers. We are, you know, we have a certain prestige about us. Um, uh, People want autographs, the same as they do here, but, you know, they're, they're, like you said, there's a bit of a respect about it. You know, it's not just, oh, there's a the guy from TV. It's, you know, prestigious almost. Uh, for example, with my girlfriend, we will have a, a party or something, and when I'm getting ready to leave the party, you know, you can bet that I'm going to be taking pictures with everybody there because, whoa, it's that luchador. You know, it, it's really a big thing. And as far as the audience in general goes, I still think 2,000 people in Arena Mexico on a slow Sunday is louder than your average, you know, sellout here in America. I've witnessed it myself, you know, and they they show so much passion towards it. Uh, I mean, they they really go all out. Now, I want to ask you, what is the nastiest thing that you've experienced from one of the fans while walking to the to the ring over there in Mexico? What are the nastiest things that you experienced with your your pro Trump uh, gimmick? Words, I mean, the things they say would probably be the, the worst things you hear because, I mean, they just go nuts. They're just swearing like you couldn't be. One of the times in Arena Coliseo, I actually had an entire audience of Mexicans that pretty much don't speak English, but they knew enough of what this certain phrase meant where they were all chanting F you at once. <laughs> just uh, there, there had to have been 2,000 people there chanting F you. <laughs> you. And, and to me, you know, as a professional, I love it. I'm like, yes, this is great. You know, they wouldn't even do that in Philadelphia or New York, you know. So, so the fact that I can get people that don't speak the language to say it, that, you know, tells me I'm doing something right. But aside from that, generally people just throw their beers or popcorn. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you get the occasional drunk outside that wants, wants me to make a move, you know. They're kind of trying to test the water. But, you know, I'm, I'm as... Even though I come out of the ring with a Donald Trump flag in Mexico, I'm not exactly an idiot, you know. I know how to pick my battles and stay pretty relaxed and safe. Now, now, Sam, how was the, the the gimmick treated outside of Mexico when you come out with the with the flag? How 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 was the how was the pro Trump 
persona treated outside of Mexico when you come to the indie shows here, say in South Florida and Florida, how is that treated from the fans down here? Do you get the same reaction? I've only I've, I've only done the one this past uh, weekend mm-hmm. here in Florida, and the reaction was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that support Trump were shocked, and the people that hate Trump were shocked. It's almost like I don't know. Maybe it's just you know distasteful or what. But I don't know. But my favorite thing is it's it's bringing back a memory of pro wrestling that has been lost, and that is, you know, genuine heat, where people are actually angry, you know, nowadays it's too often people are just playing along and having fun, and, you know, they'll, they'll scream at you, but they're not worked up, this has really gotten people to kind of lose themselves, and that's just what I'm looking for these days. And it sure has, because it's got you on CNN, on the AP, on Reuters, I mean, the list goes on and on. Dude, it's that's only just begun. The stuff that is coming out of this, and honestly, you know, I'm just happy it's happened. It's it's my 15 minutes of fame. You know what I mean? Everybody gets it. It's one of those things, and it, it's to me the beauty of it is I can show the world what I do. You know, I I will wave the flag of pro wrestling for the rest of my life, and I know mainstream media and pretty much mainstream society does not like professional wrestling. You know, it's just the group of us nerds that never really grew up. <laughs> so anytime I had the chance to tell people, hey, it's fun, it's not that bad, watch it, you might like it, you know, hopefully it can help wrestling in general. And if I could sell 10 more tickets to some Americans that want to come see me in Arena, Mexico, you know, I'm doing my job. Absolutely. Well, Sam, I want to thank you. Well, we'll see you with the uh, Trump American flag during the WrestleMania weekend. I will have it with me. The big main event that night is myself and Ultimo Guerrero against Stuka Jr. and Mystico. Uh, I know there's about a million and a half independent wrestling shows that night. Mm -hmm. However, I am very confident that us representing CMLL, I I could probably go out on a limb and say it's going to be hard. Uh, I would say we would get some real good attention that weekend, and I don't know. From what I've seen, I don't know who can compete with that card right there, with that main event. Yeah, and that's, I'll put that on paper. I'll say that to anybody. I know what we can do, and I, I represent CMLL, you know, and I know we can tear the house down. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Sam. I appreciate your time, and we'll catch you during the WrestleMania weekend. Check out Sam. Look out for the American Trump flag. You can't miss him. And uh, looking forward to seeing you in action, my man. Awesome, buddy. Thanks a lot. I'll speak to you again. Will do. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you heard Sam Adonis, who is the most hated man in Mexico, has been making headlines on CNN, on Reuters, on Fox News. The man has been all over uh, the press, and he was here on The Roman Show as well. Send us an email, info at theromanshow.com. We'd like to get your opinion in regards to our interviews here today. All right, it's time to talk some uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, well, I'd like to let you know that May 19th, May 19th, Titan FC returns to action. They will be taking place at in uh, Pembroke Pines. Tickets are currently on sale. You can visit Titan FC uh, or titanfighting.com for more information on tickets. This time will be taking place in Pembroke Pines. Get your tickets. You got two titles on the line. Jay-Z Calvacante uh, will be a part 
of the fight card, and uh, so will Shorty Torres as well. The, both of these guys are very well known in MMA, and before they hit the, the other promotions like the UFCs and the Bellator, come check them out at Titan FC. Get a close, up and close personal interaction with these guys uh, like Jay-Z Cavalcante and Jose Torres uh, on the upcoming Titan FC fight card, which myself, I will be ring announcing. Okay, guys. Well, ex-lightweight champion Eddie Alvarez will be in action. has been announced against Dustin Poirier. This has been added to the UFC 211 in Dallas. That should definitely be a very exciting fight. But the biggest talk, of course, in mixed martial arts, it's what happened with the fallout of the recent pay-per-view UFC 209, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. It was supposed to be for the interim lightweight title. Unfortunately, Khabib had some issues or some difficulties making the 155-pound weight. They caught him eating apparently some junk food prior to the weigh-ins. It's 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 been pretty getting very obnoxious to see fighters who can make the weight. And it's getting pretty challenging and critical. And in fact, it could be very, very hazardous to uh, the health of these fighters. So something should be taking uh, place uh, because these guys are cutting weight. They're like making 155 pounds, but just two days before the fight, they're weighing 190 pounds. So that means they have to lose about 40 pounds. And that is a lot of stress on your body. So the day of the fight or the day previously to the fight, you are, you're destroyed physically, and you can't give 110% inside the octagon. So this is something that I hope with time does get addressed, and the UFC, as them being the most biggest promotion in mixed martial arts, should step in just like they did with the usage of illegal substances, but they should do something in regards to trying to maintain that way prior to the fight so we won't have any fights canceled the day or the day before or the day of the fight because it's getting redundant a lot of fans wanted to see Norma Gadev versus Ferguson this is a very exciting fight currently there are plans to have this fight being rescheduled to either UFC 210 or UFC 211 they're working on the details but we don't know yet but the UFC's weight um Cut issue uh, is getting getting very huge, not just only in the UFC, of course, in other promotions like Bellator and, and, and the regional ones as well. So hopefully something can be done, something can be addressed. It's getting very difficult. Fans, of course, are not able to see the fights that they want, and the fighters are putting their health at risk. So please, attention, let's do something about this weight cut issue. Tyrone Woodley and Stephen... Wonderboy Thompson squared off in the UFC's main, uh, UFC 209 main event. Woodley came out on top and what some, including the UFC president Dana White, has said was a very dull, lackluster fight. Woodley then commented and said, hey, listen, you get in there with Thompson for five rounds. Let's see what you can do. Of course, the first fight was a draw and this one was a, a, uh, a win for Woodley, although many people argue the result Listen, it is what it is. Let's move on. Let's give Woodley another opponent that's very favorable and can really push him to the test. Not that Thompson didn't, but let's do something about this. 
Of course, other news. We found out that Georgia St. Pierre will be taking on Michael Bisping for Bisping's middleweight title. They had a press conference prior to UFC 209. These two are legends in the sport of mixed martial arts, and they're going to be going toe-to-toe for the title. Of course, this is a money fight. Does it make sense? Sure. GSP left or retired the first time around as welterweight champion, only to come back and get a crack at a title, which is the middleweight title. So yes, it does make sense. Is it a low blow to Uel Romero, who was up next to get a shot at Michael Bisping's middleweight? Hell yes, it is. However, Uel Romero is going to have to wait. But let me tell you, if GSP win, wins, and again, this is the we don't know uh, how he's going to come back, if the ring rust will come into play. Of course, we know that GSP always works out. He's in great shape. But GSP does have an advantage to, uh, against Uel Romero. Because of his great wrestling. So either way. I think that whether it's Bisping or, or whether it's GSP against Joe Romero. That is also a money fight. So leading up after this pay-per-view. When GSP and Bisping go toe-to-toe. Whoever takes on Joe Romero. That is going to be fun. Because Joel is a beast. And he has been demolishing all of his opponents. Well, thanks so very much for tuning into The Roman Show. Make sure to check us out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rromanthecool1. As mentioned, subscribe to our uh, Instagram account, that's Roman Show Media, and our Facebook, which is the same, and on uh, Twitter, as The Roman Show. We will be on next week, right here in the program, as it drops on Tuesday. We will welcome next week none other than Heather Monroe. She was on Monday Night Raw taking on Nia Jax. She will join us right here on The Roman Show. Also coming up next, we have Ryan of Nothing Left. The band will be touring and they will be releasing their EP April 21st. Check out the interview coming up very soon on The Roman Show. We'll catch you next week right here on The Roman Show. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes 
Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 